Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook Church. I'm Chrissy Thompson, our Children and Family Director. We're so glad you're here with us, whether you're in person or online. Thank you so much for joining in. And if you're a guest, a special welcome to you. We would love to connect with you. If you're online, you can go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest, where we can connect with you there. Um, and if you're in person, there is a connection card. It's blue. It's in the seat pocket in front of you. Um, go ahead and share your information there and put it in the giving box on the way out. And just as a thank you, we would love to, for every connection card we get, make a donation to our local food shelf. Well, our vision here at Faithbrook is to lead people into a new and thriving life in Christ. And a big way that people can discover Christ at Faithbrook is through a personal invite. Well, a great day for you to invite someone will be to our fall kickoff on September 18th. It's going to be a great time. We've got football toss, uh, climbing slides, we have food trucks, obstacle courses, and we'll be kicking off our series, Finding the Best You. You're invited, of course, but this is really an opportunity for you to invite someone that you want to introduce to Christ through Faithbrook. Maybe that is a neighbor, a friend, a family member, um, or somebody you see at Caribou all the time. Well, when you came in, you maybe noticed your kickoff invite card. If you didn't, you might be sitting on it. You got it? Great. So give that to someone. And we will be offering uh, two identical services, both the 9 and the 10.30 times, for our kickoff. All other Sundays, you can expect us to have the 10 o'clock service time, but we anticipate this will be a big Sunday, and we look forward to seeing your friends, family, and whoever you've invited, along with yourself, at our fall kickoff. Well, let's now welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we continue our series, DNA. Well, how many of you know with what the zipper merge operation is on the highway, right? I can tell that you enjoy the zipper merge, right? How many of you say that you are good at the zipper merge? Are you patient uh, letting people in, right? Do you struggle sometimes uh, letting that jerky person that's trying to get ahead of everybody in, right? It's just that everyday navigation of how we uh, serve others and deal with others in our everyday life. And that's kind of where we're going this morning in this, in this message. Uh, we're back to our series called DNA, the DNA of Christ, and I want to welcome you. Hopefully you're enjoying your Labor Day weekend. Uh, many of you have been at the fair, right, and uh, trying to recover from the fair, and we are pivoting into a school year. A lot of the students are uh, getting ready to go back to school in a couple of days. We're looking forward to that. Well, the DNA, it, we're kind of looking at God's DNA and that God's DNA also should be in his churches, and especially those who claim to follow Christ. Does God's DNA live in us? We're reminded in Genesis that God uh, built us in his image, and so his DNA is already in us, uh, and it's just a matter of us coming alive to that and recognizing that we were made for his purpose, we were made to reflect him, and that his love and his his person is in us if we make that connection. You know, DNA was kind of something that we were just born with. From the time we were conceived, every person has a specific, different, unique DNA that eventually comes out in traits and personalities, maybe even some behaviors. And it's the same way for Christ followers. 
that we all have different traits and personalities, but hopefully it's a lot of it, it is the DNA of God. And when you go to a church or participate in a church, hopefully it is the DNA of God. Now, some of you are new or watching us new or are returning, and we're happy that you're here. And this is a great uh, series and day to kind of figure out, well, who is Faithbrook? What, what are they all about? And really answering that question, do they have the DNA of God? Well, from our conception, we wanted to take on God's DNA. And so our mission statement, our heartbeat of our church is this statement, to love God, love people, and journey together. We want to try to do this every week, every day of our lives, to love God, love people, and journey together. Now, last week, we talked about the front end of this, to love God, right? What does that look like? Uh, Today, we want to talk about the second part, love people. Our anchor scripture is out of Matthew 22 when Jesus was pressed in about what is the greatest thing? What is the most important thing on God's heart? What is the greatest commandment? And so these teachers in Matthew 22 uh, asked them, hey, what, what is the greatest commandment in their mind? You know, they just had a lot of Jewish customs and laws and, and commandments. And Jesus kind of boiled it down like this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest command. If we just kind of boil it down, here it is. Love God with everything you have. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws, the prophets, everything you've heard, been taught, it really hangs on these two major principles. Can we do that? Is that part of God's DNA that is living in and through us? So today it's that second one, right? Right. To love your neighbor as yourself. Some of you might recognize, oh, that sounds like the golden rule, right? Do to others as you would want them to do to you. Yeah. Someone says, yeah, I plan to treat people exactly how they treated me. Some will be happy, but others should be very scared, right? Have you ever been treated bad? And so if we use the golden rule, hey, maybe that's what God's talking about. Well, not exactly. So what is the standard of of what Christ was talking about? He did raise the bar and says, hey, love people as you would want them to love you as, as your neighbor. So what does this look like? Well, how do we live this out? You know, a lot of times, let's face it, we, we like to uh, be loved. We, we like to be served, do we not? I mean, how, how many of us don't like to be pampered, uh, to be given an attention, to maybe be feel that we're, we're important and valued? We just naturally kind of love that. Um, Many of you love to go to, to restaurants. I do too. And when you go in that restaurant, there's the host and greeter. Follow me. They take you to a clean table. You love that, right? And your waiter or waitress will be right with you. And that, that person is there to serve you. We, we love that. And you get to choose anything you want on that menu. Someone else is back in the kitchen working away to <clears throat> make it delicious. Someone later is going to clean your dishes, clean your table. And we just kind of gravitate to that. We, we love that attention. We love to be served. And you know, if we have a problem, maybe there's some difficulties in our life, may we really appreciate someone maybe slowing down to check on us. 
hey, I understand there's some difficulties maybe you're going through physically or relationally. There's some things, and I've just been maybe praying for you or, or want to touch base with you. There, there's something special about that. We, we, we love that when people care and, and think of us. And if we ever make a mistake, right, we'd rather have people not just judge us and, and, and blow us off, but maybe give us a little bit of mercy, Maybe give us a little bit of benefit of doubt, a little bit of grace. We, we would appreciate that. That's how uh, we would like to be loved. And here God is calling to love others as you would want to be loved. This is the, the DNA. This is the, the heartbeat of God to, to let others uh, merge in because we would like someone to let us merge into the, the, the zipper line. But this, this love is not just a thought or a theory or a pretty song. It, it's really even a, not a noun, but it's a verb. It's a verb. I remember early on in our marriage, uh, I would, would tell my wife, man, I love you. I love you. And uh, one time through there, she was like, you know, I don't need you to tell me to, that you love me. I need you to show me, right? I need you to love to be acted out in a verb. And so Jesus not only preached it and taught it, but he also modeled it. He lived it out. One of the most famous uh, scenes was at the, the Last Supper. Uh, there's a beautiful meal prepared, right? Everyone just to be lounging, someone else to serve. Their custom was grimy feet. Uh, we need to get that cleaned up, right? There wasn't a servant. So Jesus became the servant. He took the towel. He stooped down. And he did that, that dirty job. And then he said, if you want to follow me, if you really want to know my DNA, my heartbeat, then do likewise. Take up the towel, serve, care, love. He would do that in everyday life. There would be people that were sick. There would be people that were hurting. And he would pause and he would uh, heal and he would uh, minister to them and, and teach. And a few of his stories, like the Good Samaritan. The powerful story of the Good Samaritan where people were just walking by, people too busy, or that person didn't have the same race or the ethnic background. Jesus like, hey, we need to stop. Someone's bleeding. Someone's hurting. Let them merge in. Be sensitive to that. Look around you. This is the, the, the action of love. And of course, Christ himself would, would live this out. Mark noted this in chapter 10, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. I mean, that's kind of in, in America day, we're kind of indoctrinated that people need to serve us, that the world kind of revolves around us. But Christ said, no, I'm offering you a different type of lifestyle that we're here to serve. He goes on in Mark and to give his life as a ransom for many. It was Christ who says, I'm going to be the ransom. You're in trouble. There needs to be a, a penalty to be paid. And so he was willing to be that ransom by dying on that cross. John, in his first epistle, wrote also about it when he said, by this we know love. By what? That he, speaking of Christ, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. This is the heartbeat of Christ. This is the DNA that when people want to merge in and we're busy and we don't like people merging in, we got our own things that we would slow down and say, we're willing to serve. We're willing to think of others. How can we help you? This is the DNA of Christ. Hopefully it's the DNA of this church, Faithbrook. Hopefully it's the DNA that is growing in your life. But is it, easy, is it that easy? 
to just let other people merge, right? And to serve and to step down and think of others first. Why not? Well, why don't we do this better to love our neighbor as ourselves? Well, if we were really honest, may I suggest a couple of reasons why we don't? I, I think one of the, the big reasons is a lot of times we're busy, right? Especially just to take the, the on-ramp, right? And we got to get to work. We got activities. And I let a couple of people in front of me, man, I won't get there on time. And so a lot of times we, we're just at a fast pace, especially in the suburbs, we got jobs, we got families, we got activities, and we're going and, and we struggle letting people merge in because we got our own priorities and things to do. And, and then if we, if we slow down enough maybe to, to let people merge or to deal with others, sometimes people, especially people, can be difficult. You know, people have different personalities. They can be quirky. They can be kind of odd sometimes, and, and it might cost us. You know, and so a lot of times human nature is like, yeah, I'm not worrying about other people. I got enough to worry about me and my family. And so we just keep our head focused, not looking for anybody that wants to merge, right? And it's just tempting to pull away because people can be taxing on our life. And if we're willing to give, if we're willing to, to sacrifice some and help others, you never know. They might take advantage of us. We could be burned, right? And, and there's been a lot of that. And it's like, forget you then. I'm just, I'm just focusing on myself and not looking around. I remember when I first went into ministry as a youth pastor down in, in Texas, and there was this poor family that came into our church. They had a couple of little kids. They're dirty and, and, and needy. And, and they just said, man, we don't have anything. We just came come through town. And, and so our, our, our church mobilized to help this needy family. And someone says, you know, I have this little uh, rental house and they could stay in there and, and they didn't have any food. They didn't have any jobs and no furniture. And so we just kind of said, hey, well, everybody get something. They need some beds for these kids. They need some food. And, and so people are pulling up with furniture and, and some money and some and food. And we just really outfitted them and we were just feeling good about ourselves. And, and they came a couple of Sundays and we we're checking on them, right? And, and then one day, the one Sunday, they, they didn't show. And then someone, oh, I don't know. Let's check on them. And, and they came, came back and said, we can't find them. And, and they just skipped town. They just, they just left. They didn't tell anybody. They didn't call anybody. They just left an empty house with all these things that we gave them. And man, there was this, this feeling that we've been burned. We, we really sacrificed and, and tried to help these people. And they were ungrateful and they just left us, gone. Before you know it, you're just like, man, I, I'm, I'm just taking care of myself. I, I don't want to let anybody else merge anymore, and, and we shrink back. But this is not what Christ calls us to do. This is not when, what Jesus did when we burned him, when we ignore him, when we sinned against him. He yet so loved us, he was willing to go to the cross and did go to the cross. So if anyone would believe in him, confess in him and say, I trust you with my sins. I want you to come into my life. He was willing to do that. That's what love is. He models it. And that's why Faithbrook's mission is to help people love people better, to love people better. It's not always easy, but we have learned that loving God goes hand in hand with loving people. Again, like I said, it, it's easy to get cynical. It's easy to get busy, right? And before we know it, we're, we're not staying connected with God. We're, we're, we're not uh, being very vertical in our spirit and we're, we're just got enough going on and we naturally gravitate to being selfish. 
Oh, I, I, I didn't know that you needed to merge in, right? I, I got places to go to people see, and, and I would submit this to you. The more we love God, the easier it is to love and serve others. The more we love God and nurture our own heart, right? The easier it is to serve and love others. So if this is true, that it's God's DNA to love people, it should be the DNA of this church. It should be the DNA of, of those who claim to be followers of Christ or a Christian. So how can we do that? How can we do that better? Can I give you three practical ways that you could do that in your life and through this, this uh, campus here in our church? Uh, number one, I would say there's, there's small acts of kindness that you could do every day. Um, most of you know this is like, are you talking about being a nice person? Yes, being a, a nice person, be, being a kind person, right? So you'll be off to work in a couple of uh, days, off to school, and here's your opportunity to uh, just live out small acts of kindness. A, a smile is a good one. Maybe, maybe a, a compliment, right? How, how can you be a good neighbor? Does a, a neighbor need something, right? Uh, check in on people, as students, you'll be going to school. Is there somewhere you can help your, your classmates in some regard and to care and to, to walk with them? Maybe as a coworker, right? Maybe you're be more sensitive to, to people around you and, and how was your weekend? And just listen and, and not always should be telling about your life, but their life. How's your kids doing? Um, small things. See, the other day I went into a coffee shop. I was uh, entering into the doors and there was this lady coming at the same time. So I kind of hustled up and I opened the door for this, this lady, right? She walks in and walks through and she says, thank you very much. And then she says, we don't find people uh, opening doors or, or we don't find people doing that much anymore. I thought, man, isn't that sad, right? Uh, that used to be the normality of serving and caring, letting people merge in. These are just some examples that we could do. Uh, here at Faithbrook, we, we know this is God's DNA, wants it to be our DNA. So we try to mobilize our community to love people here in our community, to love people around the world. Uh, last spring, we just saw the, the incredible crisis in Ukraine. Millions of refugees are running for their life. Uh, they have nothing. And so we asked you, hey, could we take an offering together? Would you be willing to give a, a generous donation? And you gave over $8,000 for strangers in Ukraine that are now in Poland are just trying to uh, survive life. Praise God, right? This last summer, it's like, hey, we'd like to take a little uh, donation for uh, foster care agencies and kids, and, and it was one event that night, and $800 came in for foster care kids. Uh, that's who we want to be. That's what we're looking like. We know that there's a lot of people in poverty, and so we collected 60 uh, backpacks uh, fully equipped to give to children. So I, I have a feeling that this week, those 60 backpacks are again dispensed to needy kids and families out there, thanks to you, because you have a heart of God to serve and, and to give. We have another op, uh, opportunity in October. Uh, so our youth, our kids, and our teenagers want to uh, participate in Operation 
uh, Christmas child, I think, these shoe boxes where they're filled with all kinds of little appropriate toys and then they get shipped off to third world countries, uh, kids in villages and in poverty settings. And so we're going to be asking you, hey, while you're shopping out there, can you pick up some of these toys so we can fill these shoe boxes and ship them off for kids to have a wonderful Christmas around the world? And this is kind of the heartbeat of who we are and the heartbeat of Christ. Now, a lot of times, uh, um, this can be kind of easy, you know, monetarily, if we need to just get some cash or, or buy something while we're at the, the store, we can do that. In fact, I've learned that in the suburbs, a lot of times, that, that time is more valuable than money, right? Time is more valuable than money. We're, we're, we're going, and sure, we got a couple extra bucks, so we can help there, but if it takes our time to engage maybe slow down. My, my, my 13-year-old would say to slow your roll, right? And let someone merge in and say, you go first. That's a whole different story. Time is so valuable in our days. However, we make time for what's important to us, do we not? We make time for what's important. We will put it on that calendar. We will adjust if it's something to do with our kids or something to do with our family and stuff. It, it, it rises to importance. So where in God's kingdom are we willing to make time for? See, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And this takes some sacrifice sometimes. This takes some, some cost. And Christ said, I went first. I'm the one that came down from heaven. It was pretty nice up there. And I came down to this cruel world. And I was willing to, to go through some torturous events and, and allow myself to be crucified on that cross for you? Would you be willing to think about doing the same thing? Because everyone is valuable to God. And that leads me to my second point, how we can love our neighbors as ourselves. And that second point is to befriend someone. Befriend someone, to be willing to look around and say, is there someone out there that maybe needs a friend that is maybe lonely or hurting, and especially maybe that are not really connected to God? Because if the word of God is true, if, the, if it says that when our bodies uh, break down and die, our soul will live in eternity, and, and there's some choices up there, then, then maybe some people need to understand that. So who can we influence? Who can we befriend to, to kind of maybe model for them what Christianity is? And a lot of people are up against Christianity because there's so much hypocrisy and scandals and dogmatism, right? Oh, what does that look like? I wouldn't suggest that one of the best ways we can love our neighbors is just find some that we can love on, someone we can uh, encourage and befriend and especially influence them because every person is important. Every person is important around here in our church. That's a big deal. How are you befriending someone? How are you loving someone? Because we're all so busy and we got a hundred different honorable things to do. But who are we trying to influence? Maybe connect them to God. The other day in our, in our board meeting, I asked this question, you know, how are you doing with loving people? That's supposed to be our DNA. And, and one board member said, well, you know, uh, I, was, um, I had an ex-coworker that uh, notified that they're having some personal struggles in their life. So I just kind of set up an appointment with them. I said, let's go out to lunch. And I just listened to this person and tried to uh, love them and be sensitive to them and maybe uh, give them any kind of counsel and comfort. I was like, excellent uh, example of just loving your neighbor, even using your time to, hey, let's get together. 
I'd like to hear what's going on in your personal life. Uh, another leader said, well, I, I got this coworker and uh, this guy's been angry, man. He's just really frustrated with stuff outside the work and, and he's emoting and downloading and he doesn't really go to church much and no Jesus much and this kind of thing. And, and I just went for it, took a, took a risk and I said, well, have you ever thought about praying about your dilemma, right? And he said, the guy kind of stepped back and was like, what are you talking about? I don't know, right? Well, you know, something I do. Yeah. Well, uh, next week he comes back and the guy says, hey, I took your advice and I did try to do that prayer thing. Right. And in fact, my situation got a lot better. And just inch by inch, this this Facebook member is is influencing people a little bit before because he's willing to be praying and thinking about someone that might not be attached to God, someone that's maybe far from God. How can we do that? See, that's the heart of God. That's the heart of Christ. In fact, if you, if you look in the word of God and you look, go to the New Testament, you'll see this one chapter in Luke 15 where Luke uh, records Jesus' teachings. And there's this, this, this teaching that three times Christ took the time to just talk about the importance of people who are not attached to Christ and how his heart bleeds for people that need Christ and need to come to connection with Christ. And John, Luke 15, 13, he shares a, a story about the prodigal son. Maybe you've heard about this, right? The, the kid that's like, ah, dad, I don't want to stay here. I can do my own thing. And he just runs off and just spends all his inheritance, right? While the father is heartbroken. While the father is looking for the son. That's, that's many of you and me. That we somewhere said, God, yeah, that religion thing, that Christian thing. I, I don't need that. I'm just going to do the world thing, right? But God never forgets about you God never forgets about your, your family. He's always on the lookout. Another one was the, the good shepherd who left the 99 for the one sheep that was lost. It's so valuable. The little sheep that took off and probably wasn't paying attention and, and probably the other sheep was like, well, he doesn't deserve the shepherd's attention because he didn't stay in the pen. and blah, blah, blah. He went on. But the shepherd said, I'm going after him. I'll, go, I'll do whatever it takes to find and bring that one sheep back. And then the third story talks about uh, the lost coin. Luke records it this way. He says, oh, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Now, in this context, women in those days um, didn't have a lot of resources. Uh, didn't talk about uh, she was married. She was probably a widow by herself, and she had 10 silver coins. And, and if you had a silver coin, that was very valuable. And one she loses. Big deal. She's talking about survival here. And so he said, doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? Because she knows she's got to find it. This is what Christ is saying, how we should love our neighbor and find people like a lost coin. It takes some energy. It takes some sacrifice. It takes some adjustment. We're going to get that light bulb. We're going to move the furniture. We're going to get the broom out until we find that one coin. It's so valuable because you're valuable. Your neighbor is valuable. Your kids are valuable. Your coworkers are valuable. And he says that when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found the lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. 
We don't see much partying in the, the Bible, but the one place we see where heaven is having a party is one person makes that connection and says, yes, I need Jesus. I need to come to Christ. And that's what gets God's heart. And so he's asking his followers, he's asking his churches, would you be willing to see people that valuable, do whatever it takes to adjust your life to love on people? So around here in in Faithbrook, we have a question on the the insiders, our staff, our leadership. I'll ask this question. They're welcome to ask me, who's your one? That's kind of code for who you're praying for. Who's that one person you can befriend? And you don't have to stop at one, but at least one person. Sometimes people like, you know, pastor, I don't have anybody, right? Everybody I know is a Christian or uh, I don't get around many people. But so let's pray for somebody. You never know who God's going to cross your path that you can befriend and to listen to and encourage, to serve. And before you know it, you can maybe, you know, invite them and influence them. Uh, there was one uh, leader in our church. He is like, well, pastor, uh, my neighbor, uh, I'm getting to know him. He, God's kind of put him on my heart to just befriend and love them. And I've noticed that this neighbor is probably not from the Christian faith, probably has an Islamic background, but that's not stopping me. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to uh, talk to him while we're mowing the grass and see how he's doing. And you never know how God will work to bring that relationship, that friendship, that they can at least influence and say, I want to live authentically before you, across the street from you, because he's watching, especially if we claim to be uh, uh, Christ followers. And maybe our one or that person that we can influence, we can invite them. If they're locally, we can invite them to like September 18th, this kickoff. It's perfectly put on the, the... the calendar for to give you an excuse and a target to say, hey, if you're going to come a Sunday, this is going to be the Sunday. Of course, we're going to have a, a fabulous day. There's going to be uh, wonderful food trucks and things for the kids. And I'm starting a, a new message. It's con- called Finding the Best You. Finding the Best You. I'm, I've been praying about this, working about this for at least a year. Because, see, I, I want to suggest that most people are functional uh, most people are okay in life, but there is stuff underneath the surface. There is stuff that they've been carrying from uh, their childhood and scars and issues that they just learn to cope with, right? And they're just kind of learning, living with that identity. But Christ has a better identity to you, that he can do some healing. He can do some transformation. And before we know it, we can be more free. We can be more secure as a person. We can be more healed as a person. And before we know it, we are enjoying life at a higher quality level when we find our best you. And that's going to start with a transformation, healing, principles of God's love and his word. So I want to encourage you to come on that day. I want to encourage you to bring someone. If, if you can't give someone th- this card, then go on our, our Facebook or Instagram and just kind of share that, right? Just send it electronically to someone. Hey, will you join me September 18th? So again, how do we love our neighbors practically? We can do just everyday small acts of kindness. We can ask God, God, would you help me to find my one that I could befriend? Someone, maybe it's a stranger, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a neighbor, who knows? Someone that I can maybe influence to invite. And then thirdly, to love through serving. 
to love through serving. Now here at Faithbrook, we call it volunteering. Um, and we all want to be served, right? We, when we, maybe we come to church and, and, and we want uh, to just kind of plop down and just like, man, we've had a hard week and, and uh, you know, what, what can God do for me? But at the same time, God's asking, hey, could you be willing to serve others on maybe a Sunday or, or through the week in some capacity here at, at God's church, right? Uh, to love others as you would want to be loved because God is looking for churches and people that would be sensitive enough to say, hey, someone else needs to get in line here. I've been doing pretty good, but someone's trying to merge and maybe I need to slow down and let others go first. So how can I serve? Why is that important to volunteer? Because I want to submit to you that most people are up against it during the week. They've been going 90 miles an hour. They got stresses. They got challenges. Sometimes their relationships are not that good, right? And if they could just get one hour or two on Sunday morning, just exhale and just renew and rest, uh, it would be a good thing. And that's part of our vision here at Faithbrook, that on Sunday services especially, when you come, this is one of the best times of the whole week because you have connected with Christ. You have connected with others. There's something in your soul that's been replenished. Your kids are coming out giggling. Your kids are, have been taught uh, the goodness of God and his ways in their life. And it's a great experience. You know, I kind of grew up in the 80s and one of the most famous shows in the 80s was the, the sitcom Cheers, right? Many of you know that's that show and and they had a theme song do they not and everyone knew the theme song and the major theme of that song was a place where everyone knows your name right so those people would be dragging in from the week and they would they'd come in there and sit at that bar and there was a sanctuary if you will there was a, a goodness now here at Faith, we're not, we're not selling an alcohol, right? We're selling something better and more alive and more lasting. And that is the, the love of Jesus Christ that can be embedded and infused in your life. And his Holy Spirit to strengthen you, to comfort you, to help you live and navigate all the, 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 the issues of life and parenting and family and work, etc. That's the vision here. That when you come, there's a greeter. There's someone that's going to love you. That the coffee is hot. The the music is alive. There's a couple of people that are volunteering to to watch your kids and minister to your kids. Right? There's some musicians and some tech people, and it's a beautiful time. That when you walk out of this place, you're saying to yourself, "I'm glad we came. We're a better person. I connected with Christ. I can take on the week." But we need some volunteers, some people that say, hey, you know, I'm busy, but maybe I can slow down. Maybe I can look around and how can I help some other people and some other families? You know, some of the people that inspire me the most is some of our oldest volunteers. Uh, There are some great saints around here that have been volunteering for over 30 years. You can tell because their hair is kind of white right? And they still are showing up. They are still there to open doors and to help kids and, and physically and, and maybe even emotionally, sometimes they get tired. And, and sometimes we need to help those people and say, hey, you know, I'll, 
I'll help you. I, you, you go rest a little bit. It's my turn to share and the, the, to care and to, to volunteer in some of these ministries. We got uh, young people coming during the week, our, our Tuesday and our Wednesday. And, and these young people, man, they are in a new, different world, are they not? There's a lot of stress in their life and conflict. And, and, and we want to promise them. And it's just, it's just a passion in my heart. But when they step on this campus... This is a safe place for them because they don't have to perform at school. They don't have to uh, deal with uh, threats and changes and all that kind of stuff. But when they're here, there is an oasis of love. You come on in here, fifth grader. You come on in here, ninth grader, because there's going to be people who accept you and love you and guide you and help you uh, thrive in Christ and eventually live in heaven forever. But sometimes that takes some adult sponsorship to do some cleaning or just be a small group leader. There's, there's all kinds of opportunities around here to volunteer and make this place awesome for, for a very stressless life. So I want to just encourage you, if you if, have you ever considered volunteering? Uh, would you consider that? You uh, receive a, a little a volunteer list this morning, and maybe you are volunteering. Thank you very much. Uh, maybe you thought about it, but you haven't yet. Well, this could be the day that you could maybe think about uh, uh, checking that off. In fact, you're welcome to take that now and, and look over that, right? Uh, we want even all our volunteers, if you're already serving someplace, would you please just check that off and put your name? We're going to ask you to put it in a basket on the way out. Uh, but there are, are, are a lot of great opportunities. What we hear from volunteers around here is when they get engaged in volunteering, it helps them grow spiritually. So for the first time, they're, they're really kind of paying attention to the elements of spirituality. For, in other words, you know, they're listening to the, the, the lesson that's taught to the preschoolers. And they're like, wow, I didn't know that. And then they apply it to their life. A lot of volunteers say that they like being on teams around here because they make new friends. They have new acquaintances. There, there's some giggles and some uh, yucking up. And, and it's like, this, this is kind of fun. We, we know different people now because we're serving on a team. And down in our hearts, there's a great satisfaction that we are making a difference in our world. You know, I don't know what you saw in the last years, but our world is a little chaotic and a little crazy, right? And we all are, are griping about why isn't our communities and our world better? Well, what are we doing about it? Are we slowing down and say, hey, how can I let others merge by volunteering? Where can I get on a team and say, you know, uh, for, for one place in this community or one hour this week, I'm going to do all my best to make this world a better place. I'm going to go arm in arm and shoulder to shoulder with other people to serve and to volunteer, put a smile on people's face, love and care for people. That's the heartbeat of Christ. That's his DNA. So consider where maybe you could volunteer. <clears throat> this uh, last couple of weeks, we got a chance as a family, my wife and my 13-year-old son, Logan, uh, to go to Montana. <clears throat> we got an older son, is married, it lives up there. And uh, if you've ever been to Montana, it's a different culture than Minnesota. It's just really Western. It's full of cowboys, right? Just a little bit cool, a different, odd, whatever. So he says, hey, mom and dad, you need to get up here. And uh, while you come up here, it, it's the county fair. 
And in our neck of the woods, at county fair, we have a rodeo up here. Rodeo's a big deal. The whole city's coming out. It's a really fun time. It's like, yeah, let's do the rodeo thing, right? I can't tell you last time I've been to a rodeo, right? I don't know. All right, so we get our tickets in the rodeo, and, and uh, uh, our tickets are way up there on this big grandstand. We're up there, right? And, and here comes the clowns and the MC, and it was a great time, man. The whole city was there. It's just packed, right? Now, now it's time to dismiss. <clears throat> it's time to go home. Everyone stand and let's go out. Go back to the fair, get their cars, whatever. So there's a major stampede to, to get down the aisle, right? You know how it is. Vikings, Twins games, whatever. Everybody's rushing down the aisle. We're coming up front. And, and so I get up with my family and they're kind of ahead of me. And, and they kind of squirt into this little aisle. And there's only enough for like two lanes of people, two lines of, and they're all, right? And, and uh, it's commotion. And so Terry and Logan kind of get, get in there and they start going down the stairs. And, and I kind of just like chilling out. I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm not in a big rush. Just if you need to get in, do your thing, right? So I, I left seven or eight people through. And Finally, I, I get in there and I get in the right side, and um, and uh, here we go. And all of a sudden, uh, my my lane's not going very fast, and, and I'm like, what 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 what's the problem, right? Why well, this lane, it's just kind of zipping down through. And I'm like, well, that's not cool, right? I'm trying to get down. I don't know where my family is. I'm gonna lose them. There's a thousand people around here, so let's let's go, right? And and it wasn't going very fast. Just. And so I'm like, okay, I need to get merged in, right? I got to find my spot. I, the gap there was, boom, got in there. And now I'm going down this lane, right? Everybody's all backed up, <laughs> right? I'm just like, where's my family, right? And, 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 and finally I get down to the end and I figured out what the problem was. It's like, there's the problem. There was an old cowboy who wanted to come to a rodeo, but he was crippled and in a walker. And for him to get down those stairs, it took a lot of time. And there was this little wife, and, and he was holding up the whole line, right? I was like, oh, wow. And, and then I saw someone down there helping this old guy, and, and, and it struck me, that, that, that's, that's my wife. Yeah, that, that's Terry down there, and my son Logan, and they're helping this guy with his his walker carefully while everybody else is zipping right by him and blowing by him. And my, my heart just kind of warmed a little bit. And I was like, hmm, isn't that something? I, I've, see, I've been married to her almost 34 years. And I've seen her do this so many times where she will slow her roll down and she will look and help who is in need and have a conversation with them while everybody else is blowing by. It was an act of a beautiful display of God's love and loving your neighbor as yourself. And, and I noticed that, that she had our, our son Logan right there helping. He was helping the old guy too. Now I'm sure he was like, oh, I don't want to do this, right? He's ready to get down, getting cotton candy, whatever. And then she said, no, this is what we do here at the comfort house, right? We slow it down and we try to figure out who needs some help. And it's our turn to volunteer. It's our turn to, to serve. By the time I got down there, they had everything fixed. And, and the, the wife, she just was very thankful to my son and my, my wife. Thank you for helping my husband, whatever. And, and we're, we're glad to help. And, and we moved on. I, I think that made God smile. I know it made me smile. And I was so thankful that my wife modeled for my son. This is what's important to hear us as comfort. We don't always get it right. And yes, we like to do our thing and get out of there. But we got to be willing to look around and say, does someone need some help? Does someone need to merge in? 
And God sometimes calls us to put the brakes on and say, you can go first. I will serve you. I encourage you once again, just to, just to fill that out. Uh, there's a pen in front of you. Um, again, if you're already serving, please fill that out. We're just going to pause for about 30 seconds. And we'd like everyone who would be comfortable with to just kind of fill that out, put that in the, in the basket on the way out. <clears throat> also, maybe we can just use this card this morning to think about someone that God would lead us to, to befriend, uh, to, to maybe influence and maybe to invite them to a church or our church that they could connect with Christ. So would you uh, mind bowing your heads this morning with me? Let's kind of just kind of focus in. Christ, we're so thankful that you thought about us. You were willing to put the brakes on and come to our world because we needed to merge in to your grace and your love and your eternal life. And Christ, you paid the high price on the cross. You're the one that modeled loving your neighbor as yourself. And now... That's what's on your heart. That's what's on your mind. If we who claim to be Christians, would we be willing to let others get in line, get others uh, to, to merge in? And Father, we, we pray today that we would slow down enough to, to look and pray that someone we might uh, a friend be a befriend and care for. At the same time, Father, would you help us to live in a way that we live it out, your love and your, your DNA to care for people. And if that means volunteering in, in a, maybe a, a rotating way or just being on a serve team around here, help us have the courage to do that or investigate it, love. Help us today even and this week, God, to <clears throat> live in a way that people know the difference of these acts of love and kindness and grace. And we just ask it all in your powerful name of Christ. Amen.